Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Second Thessalonians, we're in the first chapter. Last week we began with the first five verses. We're going to continue on in verses 6 through 12 tonight. Now, remember, Paul's writing to this church a second time. He, he's sent them another letter trying to encourage them. They're going through a hard time. They're facing some persecution. They're trying to serve God and things aren't going well for them all the time and they're suffering for it and they're suffering because of the hardships of life. And he keeps trying to help them and encourage them. And so we're going to look at that tonight. Again, there's a little text number there on your screen or on your notes. And if you've got a question, just text it in and Pastor Steve here will kind of get my attention, I hope, and we'll see if we can answer it. So we begin with the promise we look for, the promise we look for. Verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, in his justice, justice is a great word in the Bible, in his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you, make fun of you, who despise you, and God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted, and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment to those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praise from all who believe, and this includes you, for you believed what we told you about him. So these people were separating themselves from the rest of society because of their stand for God. You know, as we go on in time, it seems like there's coming more and more of a time where you and I were going to have to do that as well, isn't it? And so we see what they're going through. So here's what he tells them. First of all, non-believers will reap judgment. They will reap judgment. He says, he will pay back those who persecute you, who make fun of you, who go against you. It says, he will refuse, those that refuse him will be punished with eternal destruction. Now understand something. This punishment is not vindictive. It is deserved. Here's the law. Here's the rules. If you keep it, this is what will happen to you. If you break it, this is what will happen to you. It's not revenge. God is not trying to get even. God's a loving God. It's another time where we understand you will reap what you sow. The law's been broken justice will be served. Punished means they'll pay the penalty. In other words, when you break this, you'll be punished. You'll pay the penalty. Here's the penalty for what you do, for not agreeing. John chapter 3, verse 16, God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, the next time he comes, he's coming to judge the world. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. That's us, isn't it? 
Christians. There's no judgment against us. Why? Because we're not guilty because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And here's the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And all who do evil hate the light. Why? Because it's exposed, right? You know, you got a bad attitude. Somebody says something to you about it. You hate them, don't you? Why? Because they've exposed you, right? That's the way you are. They, they, they don't like the light. They refuse to go near it because their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they're doing what God wants. God loves the world. Remember, God doesn't want anyone to perish. He's not trying to pay people back. God wants everyone to be saved. John chapter 5, verse 25 I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's, it's here now. When the dead will hear my voice and the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself and he's granted that same life-giving power to his Son and he's given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of the Son of God and they will rise again. It's the resurrection, the second resurrection. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. So the world doesn't like this, but it's very, Bible's very clear. Jesus' own words we just read. There are two groups of people that have existed on this planet. There's a group of people who've accepted God. They will rise to eternal life. There are those who have rejected God and though will rise to eternal destruction. Now, you do not cease to exist. There's a lot of people that think, well, once you die and go on, God will judge you and then you're done. No, notice the word, eternal. It goes on forever. And notice the phrase that he said, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. Now, you all have heard descriptions of hell, how horrible it is. The Bible gives some of those and everything, and it all looks bad. Ooh, who wants to go there? But let me tell you the most horrible thing about hell. You ready? You are moved out of the presence of God. God's presence is not there. That's what makes hell, hell. And so there is coming a time when those who have not accepted Jesus Christ are going to be judged for their sins, they're going to be found guilty, and they will receive what they deserve. God isn't a traffic cop who says, well, I'll let you off with a warning this time. You either go to eternal life 
or eternal destruction. Your call by how you choose to live in this life. Okay? That's pretty clear. The Bible's pretty clear on that, and that's what Paul's saying here. Look, folks, as you're going through difficulty, understand, God's going to settle things and take care of things. God sees what's going on. He knows it. He'll take care of it. But then he says this positive thing. He says the believers will get rest. Will get rest. Wouldn't you like to have some rest from all the stuff that's going on in the world today? One day, you, you and I get rest. Rest means relief. Not under pressure. No concerns. We are at rest. When you die as a Christian, you are at rest. Hebrews 4.1, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news, that God has prepared this rest, he's prepared it for them and has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, my anger, righteous indignation, okay? I took the oath. They'll never enter my place of rest. If that's the way you're going to be, here's what's going to happen. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in Scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. God has a place of rest for everybody. But in the other passages, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God sent another time for earning his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And in Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands, maintaining their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, their good deeds follow them. So what happens is those people who have not accepted Christ will receive their due. Those people who have accepted Christ receive their due. Now, we live in a day and time where people don't like black and white. This way or this way, there is no middle. We like the gray. We like the other places. Well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this person? What about this person? What, how's this going to work? What's this going to work? I don't know. I, I, I'm, gratefully, I'm not in charge of it. If I was in charge of it, some of you wouldn't like that. God's in charge. He'll do what's right. But please understand, He is a just God. He is a loving God, but he's a just God. He has set the rules, given the law, he will keep it. And he will judge us, everyone, according to it. Pastor Steve? Yeah, we've got a... Uh, Need a mic, yeah. please? 
question here, and I've had people ask me this. I'm sure you have too. What happens if someone is cremated? Do they get to rise with God? This has bothered me for a long time. Oh, okay. The Bible really says nothing about cremation. But here's the thing. We are told that when you die, your body goes back to dust, correct? Okay, so that might take a few years, right? Or if you're cremated, you go pretty quick. Because this body is not eternal. Our spirit is the eternal, the soul part of us. And so hopefully that would answer that question. So non-believers are judged. Christians are judged. We're found not guilty. They're found guilty. If you're found guilty, you go to eternal destruction. Eternal life without God. Horrible place. If you're not guilty, you go to heaven. Why? Because we want Jesus to receive glory. That's what Paul writes about. Why, why do you keep going in the suffering? How do they? Because in the end, and we've sung it tonight, God will be glorified. God will be proven right. God can be trusted. And so we live so that God gets glory. Why do we do endure suffering? Because we want God to receive glory. Why do we go through hard times giving God praise? Because God receives glory. Jesus suffered, but he always lived to do what the Father told him to do so that he would be glorified. You and I do not live for ourselves. We live for God. And that's what Paul's writing to these folks about. That's what he's telling them. He says there in, in those last few verses there of, of 2 Thessalonians, when we read that text there, he said, you know, he will receive glory from his holy people. That's what he wants to happen. And so they're going to be, be judgment. There's going to be rest. There's going to be peace. There's going to be destruction. There's going to be eternal life. There's going to be eternal destruction. All because God has proven that he's in control. He is the king of everything. He is Lord of all. And so, Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, I looked again and I heard a voice of thousands and millions. I wonder how many that is. That's a lot, isn't it? Of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty course, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. You see, we read it in another verse that says it this way. In the end, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Everyone will have to admit He's God. He's the ruler. He's in charge. He's the king. Everyone will have their life revealed. 
God will be revealed and everyone will be in awe of God and recognize his right to rule and to reign. And every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is the Lord. So that's what Paul wants to give to these people who are going through a difficult time. He wants to encourage them, wants to, don't give up, don't lose hope. There's rest coming, you'll get rest. God will take care of things because in the end, he's going to be glorified. And that's exactly how we still live today. Things might get hard. Things might be easy at times. Sometimes when you try to do what's right with God, other people look at you like you're crazy. When you take a stand for something that's right, they accuse you of being intolerant. They accuse you of being judgmental. They make accusations about that. But we take a stand for what is right and live a life that honors God. And one day, we will enter our rest. And one day, God will be in control and make judgment. And it's always right. So don't look for a loophole. There isn't one. Serve and honor God no matter what happens and live your life to glorify God in every area of your life. Judgment's coming. For us as Christians, we look forward to it. If you're not a Christian, you probably aren't wanting that to happen. You're praying it doesn't happen. Well, I just don't believe that. Okay, you don't have to believe it now, but one day you will. So that's what Paul's trying to help these people with. And then he gives them the purpose we live for. Kind of what I've been saying, but he, he kind of expands it a little bit more. Here's what he says in verses 11 through 12. He says, so we'll keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Now, his call. His call is a calling to repentance. He's called you to serve him and to honor him. He calls everyone. Don't think of this as, a well, I don't have a call to ministry. I don't have a call to do. Everyone has a call on their life. God calls them to himself. Will you receive him? That's the call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way that you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So two things out of this. I'm going to sum up what I've said a little bit earlier, but two things. It, how do I say this? Serving God isn't complicated. It might be hard, but it's not complicated. We complicate it. You have to die to yourself. You don't get to be selfish. It's difficult but it's not complicated. It's pretty simple, black and white. First of all, you live a life of holiness. Of holiness. You see, what does Paul write to these people and tell them? Look, you live your life in such a way that God is honored and may you 
have the power that comes from the Holy Spirit to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. So no matter how you're treated, you still live a life of faith in obedience to God. Now, holiness, again, it seems like every time we come at that word, and you, you probably are tired of me defining it by now, I hope so. I hope you've got it so ingrained within you, you understand it. Because it kind of sometimes, oh, well, aren't you holy? Well, thank you for noticing. Holiness means separate, different from. Israel was called to be a holy nation, different from all the others. You and I are called to be a holy people, not like everybody else. Another place that uses another word says you're peculiar. We are. And so he says, look, you live to live a holy or a godly life that honors God by doing the things that your faith prompts you to do by being obedient to him. 1 Peter 1.13 Think clearly, exercise self-control, look forward to the gracious salvation that will come when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. See, I think too many Christians really don't look forward to the return of Jesus Christ. I think too many Christians, well, what if I did this? What if he's going to do this? No, we're forgiven. God's grace is sufficient. Jesus Christ paid the price. We don't have to wonder. You should know that you're ready to meet the Lord. There should be a confidence in that. You should look forward to that day. Not to escape this world. Because too many, well, I wish the Lord would come and get me out of here. That's not why he's coming. We look forward to that day because we want to rule and reign with him and want to be with him forever. Verse 14, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires you didn't know any better then. Have you ever noticed that the things you struggled with before you came to Christ every once in a while pop up on you? They kind of draw you back in, you know, that way of living, that way of thinking, that way of acting, that thing you used to do that you know God doesn't want you to do anymore, that way of talking that you know God wants you not to talk like that, that that they seem to pop up after time and time again and say, look, don't slip back there. You might be tempted, but don't give in and go back. Live as God's obedient children. Why? Why? Because you know better. You know better. You see, when you discipline kids, they should always know what they've done. And they should know that you know better. You know better. But now, verse 15, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy for I am holy. So you and I live a life to honor God. Now, holiness, there's two ways you can approach this, and I want to encourage you to do it 
one way and not the other. One way is I'm going to look at the world and just try to choose some things that I'm not going to do anymore because they're doing it. That gets into legalism. I, I, I want to be different, so I won't do that, and I won't do that, and I ha- won't act like that, and, 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 you know, and that way I'll be separate. I won't talk like them. I won't, you know, separate. That's not the best way. That's not a good way to do this. What's the right way to do this holiness thing? God, I love you so much that I want to obey you And whatever your spirit tells me to do, and whatever your word tells me to do, I will want to do it. And I want to do it because I want to be more like you. You will be much more effective if that's your way of living for God. God, I want to live that way because I love you. I want to please you. I want to honor you. And those things that you're looking at, they'll drop away. God will let you know. And so live it out of your love for God, out of your relationship. That's holiness. Separate. That will separate you from a lot of people. And so live a life of holiness. That's what Paul writes to these people. That's what he tells them. Look, I want you to keep on living the life. Keep on being obedient. Keep on doing what's right. Secondly, live to honor God. See, that's the holiness thing. I want to honor God. I want everything that I do so that people can watch my life and I don't do anything to discredit the name of God. You see, one of the problems we have in our culture here in the States is that too many people look at someone and say, well, if that's what a Christian's like, I don't want anything to do with it. What has that person done? They've not held up the name of God, have they? They haven't honored God. And so you and I live a life, God, I want you to get credit for my life, and I want to do the things that will honor you in front of other people. Again, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Yeah. And we have a priceless inheritance an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. In other words, you, could, you don't have enough money to buy it. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, that inheritance, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Now let me tell you something you can work on in year 2021. Be truly glad. Have joy. Have a smile. I think smiling people bring honor to God. The rest of you can work on that. Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. 
even though you have to endure a few trials. Now, many trials for a little while. Well, Pastor, how long is a little while? Oh, no more than 100 years. Just a little while. Compared to eternity, just a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. In other words, because of your faith and your love for God and your trust in God, your life keeps serving and honoring God, and therefore my faith is proven right. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now I'll tell you, I leave those last couple sentences and I, I have a hard time grasping it. Because the, the part of me is, I believe God gets honor and glory and power. I, I believe all of that, you know. But it kind of says that I get some glory and praise and honor as well. I don't know how. But if it says it, there it is. God will work it out. What's the year ahead hold for us? Probably more problems, right? Probably some difficulties. Probably some good things. But through it all, no matter what happens, will I have a right heart and attitude and determination to say, God, I want to live a holy life that honors you. I want to live in such a way that you're pleased with me and that my life reflects you to others. So there's a simple question. How are you doing with this? And where is it you need to make adjustments in your life to come to that place? Maybe you're listening to me tonight and you're not a Christian and you, uh, you're not living to honor God. Please understand, one day, judgment's coming. Be a good day to accept the invitation that God has given to you through Jesus Christ. And for you, those of you that have, are you living the life that in spite of what happens and the hardships that life brings, you keep being faithful, living a holy life, honoring God in every way. Would you just take a moment, just between you and God, and just talk to him about this, just real quick. God, before I go tonight, here I am. Here's what I need to deal with. Help me. Lord, Paul writes to these people who are going through a difficult time, tries to help them to be encouraged and to not give up and to keep going, no matter what life brings your way. The words that he wrote to them can be written to us. Help us to take them to heart. As we go from this place tonight, help us to live a life that honors you, a life that is separate from others because of our love for you and desire to serve you. 
And for anyone that doesn't know you, may they make a choice to give their life to you and stop living for themselves and start living for you. And so, Lord, we thank you for the future that we have because of Jesus Christ. Help us to live a life that reflects our faith so that we can honor God in every way we pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.